Hello and welcome to yet another episode of How Not to Suck at the Stocks. This is your host, Dan Hansen. This show is for entertainment purposes only and extremely not safe for work. This particular episode is called Investing 201, How to Think About Stock Ownership. But first, let's talk about what a stock is not. A stock is not a random number generator on your phone. A stock is not a squiggly line that bounces up and down. It's not a lottery ticket. A stock is a partial ownership in the underlying business. And in the long run, the stock price will track the value of the underlying business. In the long run. But in the short run, anything can happen. The value and price can diverge wildly. In fact, I pretty much guarantee that if you own a particular stock for long enough, you will see it decline in price by 10, 20, 30, 40, 50%. And it may stay down for days, weeks, months, or years. And if that isn't something that excites you, then you shouldn't own individual stocks. Uh, Notice how I said declines in price should excite you. That may seem counterintuitive. Isn't it a good thing when stocks increase in price? No, not if you're a net buyer of them. If you're a net buyer of something, you should want the price to go down. It's when you're a net seller of something, you should want the price to go up. What you want is for your stocks to increase in value. Now, this may seem like a pedantic distinction, but it's really at the core of value investing. Price is what you pay and value is what you get. In short, you want declining price and increasing value. Now, uh, someone once asked me, uh, Dan, you know, why do you think long-term when it, when it comes to the stock market? And I said, it's because I cannot predict stock prices over a short period of time. They're essentially random. But what I can do is find a handful of companies that I think will increase in value over the next five or 10 years. And if I don't pay too much for those companies, I should do very well. And in the next few episodes, I will get into what I look for in businesses, both from a qualitative and quantitative standpoint. And I will think about uh, and how I think about uh, valuation. Uh, But for today, I really just want to focus on stock ownership. So if I were to go to a cocktail party and someone asked me what I did for a living, and I told them that I owned a laundromat or a car wash, no one would think I was crazy, right? No one would think I was risky. They just assume I was a small business owner. Or if I were a dentist and I owned my own practice, no one would think that was particularly risky of me. Or if I had some nine to five job earning a steady paycheck, no one would think that was dangerous. But I think all of those things are inherently more dangerous than stock ownership. A laundromat is a shitty business. You have to hire people to work for you, and then you have to keep the machines in order and hire lawyers and tax accountants, and it really just seems like a complete fucking headache. Or if you have a nine-to-five job, most of the net present value of your future cash flows are wrapped up in that job. And you could be laid off, you could be injured, anything like that. A computer program could come along and just fucking replace you. To me, that seems dangerous. But I don't think owning a handful of superb businesses is dangerous. I think owning Apple or Google is a lot less dangerous than owning a laundromat. But if you told someone that you had over 50% of your portfolio in Apple, they'd think you were fucking crazy. Trust me, I've been there. Uh, They would say, oh, that's risky. But, But really, that's nonsensical. If you look at the richest people in the world, most of them have most of their net worth in a handful of companies. And in many cases, a single company. Having a really good idea and having the balls to bet on it is how most people get rich. Most people don't get rich off their 20th best idea. And 
you really don't need to have more than one or two good ideas a year to make a lot of money. If you can find one amazing company a year, you're doing fine. Figure if you have a portfolio of five to 10 companies and your average holding period is five to 10 years, then you just need one new company a year. Uh, but the problem that most people get into is that they sell out of their best ideas. People will buy a company and then sell it because the price went up. They'll say, oh, you can't go broke making a profit. Well, unless you're taking that money out of the stock market, it has to go somewhere. So what you'd end up doing is taking out of one stock and putting it into another one. And maybe that next stock isn't as good. Or some people will sell a company because the stock price has gone down. They use stop losses, for example. Now, stop losses have never made any sense to me. It'd be like if you had a house for sale for, let's say, a million dollars. And you tell your realtor, hey, if someone offers you $950, don't accept it. But if someone offers you $900, accept it. It doesn't make any fucking sense. But people think that way in the stock market. And then, of course, some people will sell a stock because it's gone sideways for too long. They get bored. They want to move into something else. So what you have is investors who will sell a stock if it goes up, sell if it goes down, or sell if it goes sideways. So that begs the question, when should you sell a stock? Well, the simplest answer is when something better comes along. Taxes are no joke, so you should account for them if you're going to sell out of one stock and, in, and to buy another. Uh, I could probably do a whole episode on when is the right time to sell a stock, uh, but I think I'll save that for later. But one last thing I want to say about stock ownership, though, is I treat it as if it were a small business. I think of my small business as a conglomerate of Google, Facebook, Amazon, and Take-Two Interactive. Now, clearly, I don't have any executive power over those companies. I can't walk into an Amazon bookstore and start demanding changes from them. Like, oh, these books are, are out of order and need to organize this. No, they'd call the police. I don't have any control over them, and that's fine. I don't want to have any control over them. What I have control over is where I put my capital. That's my job as the owner of my little business. I allocate capital. That's it. If I think management is doing a good job, I may invest more capital into their business. And if I think they're doing a shit job, I'll pull my money out. It'd be like if I divested from a failing division. Uh, and just one last, last thing. I think stocks provide you with a way to own an amazing small business. If you had $100,000, what kind of small business could you run? Perhaps, you know, the laundromat, like I said. Well, with stocks, you can own a $100,000 microcosm of Apple, for example, and you get all of the smartest people in the world working for you, and you're paying them essentially nothing if you stop and do the math. And you get to leverage that brand name and a global, global recognition uh, for your products and services. It's an incredible business. And you get to buy with no contracts or legal fees whatsoever. No real work is expected of you with stock ownership other than just maintaining a working knowledge of the business. It's really just a gold mine of an opportunity. And just to close, I think stocks are the easiest way for the average American to live the American dream. You work hard, you save, you invest, you won't get rich quick, but you will get well-to-do eventually. All right, well, that's really it. Uh, this has been Dan Hansen with yet another episode of How Not to Sell Those But, you know, uh, guys, if you could just really hit that like button, just, just hit that like button, folks. Just hit that like button and subscribe. Oh, my God. Just if you hit that fucking like button. Oh. oh.
That got weird.